Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in Tallahassee's All Saints District, this is The Front Row with Tom Block and Keith Jones, presented by Hobson Chevrolet. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom Block and Keith Jones. Good evening, everybody. Tom and Keith back with you for another edition of The Front Row. They didn't change the locks. They let us back in. Good to see you again, KJ. Hope that you and everybody else survived Storm Central 2016, which uh, turned out to be much ado about nothing, thankfully, at least thankfully. In, the, in these parts. Thankfully. I sat up uh, Tuesday night uh, watching the Weather Channel. That uh, will also give you an indication of uh, mine and Kathy's age when you sit there and are affixed to uh, two hours of, of uh, a dash cam uh, from a tornado chaser and uh, floating maps of colors. Um, welcome so it was, to my so world. it was a big Tuesday oh, night. It was a big Tuesday night. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but fortunately, very fortunate, very fortunate that uh, we didn't have uh, uh, near what was expected and, and thankful for that. We did have uh, excitement in the Block household uh, when word came that school was canceled. I can on imagine. Wednesday. It harkened me back to the days when uh, occasionally you would get that word. I mean, it was a party. And isn't it amazing when you would get the word when you were in third or fourth or fifth grade and you'd be all happy and you didn't even pay attention to whether your parents enjoyed it or not. And exactly. now it's reversed. And I can only imagine the look on the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Block face when that, that that came across the wire, as they say. Yeah, it was more on Mrs. Block's face because Mr. Block was going to work today. So, But you didn't have to go to work till 10. Uh, that is true. Florida State got a late start today, uh, 8 a.m. classes. People didn't have to get up for, so probably much celebration there, too. One place there's not been much celebration is at the Tucker Center of late, Keith, with the team that you follow around. And we've got to get just uh, right into this. I mean, we'll talk some baseball. Sue Semrau is going to join us later. We'll talk women's basketball. Uh, softball season's underway. Big, busy time at Florida State. But really the, the most noteworthy conversation to have is one that's uh, been had among several folks, uh, either other shows on this radio station, watering holes around town, in line at the supermarket, wherever it may be, and that's about the state of affairs for well, men's basketball. Well, and who knew that, that Jeff Cameron would now be Mr. Reporter Extraordinaire breaking frontline stories in the Tallahassee marketplace blind, via Twitter? Blind, blind squirrel, Keith, blind squirrel. I'm yeah. sorry, okay. No, but the news came yesterday, and it was Jeff that uh, I think uh, put that out there, that uh, it's expected that Leonard's going to have a two-year contract extension, which ends the, the question about uh, will he stay, will he go, but it doesn't end the conversation about what's reasonable to expect for Florida State basketball, which I think is where we'll start, because I do think people have differing answers to that question, but you've been courtside, literally, for every game the FSU men's basketball team has played for about the last 16 years. So you've been around the league. You have good perspective on how other universities invest in their basketball programs. So let's let's get at it there. Well, my my take on things is that if you were going to make a change, what are you changing to? And I've not heard anyone talk about what you're changing to. In other words, in terms of another coach or or coaching staff. What are you going to do to upgrade the Tucker Center? What are you going to do to upgrade the Basketball Training Center? I know there has been discussion about pieces and parts of that, but but my take on it has been, do you, do you say Leonard's not for us, so we're going to terminate our relationship with Leonard? Or do you say we've got a better relationship that we think we can go get and we're going to go after this? And I've not heard much about the latter. So you don't you don't quit your job without having another job in place or having another job opportunity. Second part of that is well, to that point, I don't, I don't know. I don't personally know, nor do I believe there's better out there that Florida state can attain quickly because anybody else that's going to look at this job is going to look at the Tucker center and say, yeah, they've made some upgrades, but we're still, behind the average they're going to look at the basketball training center and and they're going to say we're still behind the average and though leonard's salary is third in the acc the total amount of money that's being spent for basketball though it's increasing is still middle of the pack to lower third of the acc so as an outsider looking at this program i don't know who is going to get excited about coming to tallahassee there would be somebody i mean coaching jobs open up every year and coaches are found. Sure, there'd be somebody. They, Steve Robinson was very excited about coming to Florida State. How'd that work out? 
that one didn't work out well, but that's not a reason to never change again is what I would say on that. I'm not saying that uh, I'm advocating it, but I do think we're at a point. I think the one area where fans are frustrated is that, and it's just Leonard's personality, which is that he's not the most outgoing. He's not a guy that you run into in publics and you're going to have a conversation with. Um, you know, and that's how Pat Kennedy was back in the day. And, and truthfully, it probably brought Pat another year or two at the end before they moved to Steve Robinson. And whose record was better? Well, Leonard's the winningest coach here. So rest my case. But that doesn't mean that you don't at least ask the question. As Here's the questions that need to be asked. Uh, if, in fact, and we believe it has been decided that Leonard will be offered an extension. Here's the questions that need to be asked. What are we doing now going forward? And and I, for one, think that though Stan Wilcox, A.D. Stan Wilcox, his temperament is very much like Leonard's. He's very quiet. He's very behind the scenes. I do believe he's got something in place. He has a vision because he's a basketball guy. He played at Notre Dame. He's been an AD at Notre Dame and Duke, both with great basketball tradition and programs. There's a plan in place. We just haven't heard about it yet. And I think once and if, if and when, rather, we do hear about things moving forward, that that some of the frustration, which is temporal and over the last three or four weeks, you know, we're going to judge Leonard's 14-year tenor by what happened over the last three or four weeks. That's not fair. But once we hear about what the administration has in mind and other things that are coming into play, I personally think that we're going to be very pleased with where Florida State basketball is headed. That's my personal opinion. And we'll see. And there's there's arguments both ways on this. I, I was just expressing what I, what I hear from folks on it. Because, you know, part of that would be, well, Leonard's record uh, is better than Pat's, but Pat ultimately had more success if you define it by how far they went one year because Pat had an Elite Eight team one year. One year. But I'm just saying, How people, many road people, look, road you go people look at it, uh, I think he went three. Okay. Leonard and went then, four. Next. And Pat went five out of six, something like that, okay. or four out of five. But Le- that was pretty ACC. Leonard's been seven out of eight if you count the NIT. Nobody's counting the NIT. Let's just be honest about that. I mean, we, we touted out there, but nobody's counting that. Postseason. Uh, it, it is postseason. Well, then, then, that, the, that's then like, the Peach Bowl was a waste of time. We shouldn't have gone. Well, I would, I would say that if you're going to compare NCAA and NIT. Then the Peach Bowl was a waste of time, and we shouldn't have gone because we were not in the championship game. You are ornery today, Keith. That would be me. That would be you. I would disagree completely with that because the Peach Bowl at least is in the New Year's Six now, and if you want to draw a line of delineation, that line is probably below the New Year's Six somewhere, but it is above about the last, you know, the 16 bowl games that take place between December 17th and December 27th, okay. half of which are affiliated with the ACC. Tom, from, would you from make Christmas. a note of that so that if or when we ever do go 8-5 and five and have to play in one of those games, Mr. Block has just said that he's not going. Well, I didn't go to the Emerald Bowl. I think we were what, – what was the record? You were nuts not to go to the Emerald there Bowl. There we go. All right, well, let's <laughs> – you were you are fired up today, Keith. I like this. I like this. I'm I, trying I, to get ready for I Duke think, tomorrow night. Well, let's let's go back and look at this because this is a point – people don't want to hear it, but, but there is truth to this. And, and I know this uh, from talking to folks associated with the programs over the years, but I'm curious your perspective. First of all, let's take a home arena – not practice facility, just your home floor. You've been everywhere in the ACC. Where does the Tucker Center rate in terms of environment, bells and whistles, everything? Of the 15 places I've been, it's number 14 or 15. Okay, so it is bottom two. It's certainly bottom third. We don't need to argue too much. Okay, now practice facilities around the ACC, basketball infrastructure, what, whatever you want to call it there. Um, I suppose you could expand it and lump in commitment to basketball willingness to win within the program i'm not talking fans yet i'm talking internal and bat. where is the the btc compared to the other 14 schools in the league it would be at number eight to ten so you would put that in middle middle well lower middle and see i can tell you and i and she's not here now so i'll say it but i happened to sit next to Corey close on a flight a couple of years ago she's now the ucla head women's coach we had a candid conversation and she said that florida state situation btc wise last in the ACC because of the arrangement where the women and men are forever bickering about who gets practice time. Well, that's been corrected, though. Now, because now you have complete total access and control of the big floor. That's why I would move them up. So it's been remedied. Okay, so in your mind, you would say middle of the pack, lower middle of the pack, lower middle of the pack. Okay, and now 
fan support. And when I say this, I want to be careful because there's a lot of passionate fans. I see them on a regular basis at the Tucker Center. Uh, so I guess we're probably talking more average fan community support than we are the people who are Golden Chiefs, Silver Chiefs, and people that I see every time I go to the Tucker Center. Uh, but in general, just I- I excitement in the community to come out. It-, it seems like there's one or two games per year. This year it was North Carolina and Miami where there was a little bit of a buzz about the home games here. But in general, and I know you don't live in these other towns, but you do go to these arenas. How would you compare it to? At lower third. Okay. And, and, so, and when it comes to students, last. Absolutely last. There's a topic for another show. We need to get some students on to figure that out. Tom and Jeff have interns here. I've I've never been able to figure that one out. I don't Uh, understand it either. We're now you know selling beer at baseball they've sold beer at the tucker center for years and years and the students get four thousand seats and there's forty one thousand students here thirty three thousand of which are undergrads so why you can't get more than four thousand out of that 41 total there i i don't know it hasn't had the cool factor or the it factor which might be what's missing from a community standpoint but you're saying uh in terms of arena and in terms of overall fan support florida state's bottom third of the acc in terms of infrastructure they're lower middle of the pack. And in and spite you, of that and, and in spite of that they've they're been the third winningest program. In spite in the of that, ACC they've been the top the they've been years. top third. And that's what Stan and Carl will look at, and that's something that Leonard deserves credit for. And, and the program was you know, Steve Robinson was a nice guy. And I did get a break because I was filling in for Gene one game and I was dreading the post game interview because they were playing number one Duke. And lo and behold, Florida State upset Duke that night. And so it was the best postgame interview ever. This was Jason Williams Duke circa 2001, 2002. But the cupboard was not just bare at that time when he left. Oh. I mean, so what Leonard did, and there was impatience before he got FSU into the tournament and became ACC champs. But there was a reason for that. He's I mean, there, ACC coach there, there was an awful lot of work that needed to be done there. You know, that that's the part that's frustrating to me. Now, having said all that, what the, the question you didn't ask me is, does Leonard need to continue to adapt and change? Absolutely. The first thing, if I was Stan Wilcox, I would sit down with Leonard and I would say, we've got to look at our staff and make sure this staff, the way it's composed now, is what we need going forward. That's the first thing I do. The second thing I do, and we've started to see some of this this year, is Leonard needs to change some of his ways. All right, we're not playing defense like we used to. Now we're working in a little zone. I remember an an interview I heard about a week ago when Jay Billis said that the first time he saw a Duke team come out in zone, he thought Coach K had had an aneurysm. But Coach K knew he didn't have the players, the personnel, to play man-to-man the way he wanted to, and he was willing to adapt and change. Leonard has shown an ability to do that this year. The key thing nobody wants to talk about on this team is that the camaraderie is great, the kids get along well, but they don't trust X. And that's the bottom line of the well, problem. And, that is, and another thing that's not coming to this conversation is Kofor being out has, has hurt them. Just uh, you, like losing Aaron Thomas last year hurt them. Yeah. And losing, I, I mean, Ojo was five fouls and would have gotten you 12 minutes in there. But, I mean, Kofor was going to play By the way, what, where's, where's the, I thought Ojo was redshirting. Nobody's talking about Ojo coming back, FYI. Have you heard otherwise? I have not, but I don't know. You're suggesting that now the word is is that he's not going to be back on the team. Next I don't year? ever hear anybody talking about he's going to be back next year. I don't know. We're he's not, the only team leader on this squad. He is certainly the most vocal. So we, we've gone a lot of places. I do want to go back here because I was thinking about this. Winning his team in the ACC, third winning his team in the ACC over the last decade or 12 years. But I was thinking about the ACC expansion when it went from 11 to 15. Okay. FSU is, I know they're over against Syracuse. They haven't. Have they defeat? Have they, they're over against Louisville? Only played them twice, though I think. But but, but, but over, you are correct. Have they beaten Notre Dame? Probably not. Have they beaten Pitt? Maybe once. Maybe. Maybe. Do we know Tim's? Uh, I'm, I'm saying, saying maybe. Saying I, don't, yes. I don't know. Yeah. But, so but you're, my, you're bringing up my, a very good point. My, my point is, Florida State was third or fourth in the league out of eleven. Four more teams came in, and, and now all we're at four seven or eight immediately. Except that this year they're not at seven or eight. We were right. hoping to get to seven right. and eight. No, that's a valid point. But, Very but the, valid point. But the point being that that uh, this is not like the league expanded and and half the teams were worse programs than FSU and half were better. I mean, all four of those are bell cows that that have beaten Florida State. All the and more that, reason and to step up 
and get the facilities in line and make the financial commitment and hope, hope that the fan commitment and the resulting wins will follow in behind. Well, and let's be fair. They have redone the seats and the the video boards. They've done work. They have new locker rooms going in for the men's and women's teams. Uh, If you follow Florida State and I'm involved in it uh, to some degree, obviously because of the fundraising and the uh, advancement efforts, but there's plans for a new college of business and there's, there's master plans that will completely transform what's there that include a hotel, conference center, college of business. And the training center. And retail in there that would totally make over what that civic center parking lot is and what that area looks like and might make it more of a uh, place to see or be seen where you might... Uh, not set out to go to a basketball game, but you're down there eating dinner, and and uh, lo and behold, let's go ahead and sit uh, and, and do it. Uh, look, 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 look at this research. More importantly, instead of just going to the basketball game, you can go down there, do some shopping, eat your dinner, and then go to the basketball right. game. What's right. Tom got? What's Tom got? Well, Tom is a cornucopia of information. He points out that FSU beat Pitt 61-52 last March. All right, so I was correct, you even correct. though I wasn't sure of it. So, But they're they're 1-12 in 12 against those four new schools. Understood. In the and, and that's a very valid point, by yeah. the way. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think the the frustration that I hear and I see and it's palpable amongst FSU fans. Generally speaking, it comes from a good place. People want to compete. We're used to football. We're used to being relevant uh, across the board, if you will. And and when you're not even on the bubble at this point, it's frustrating. And so that that's where all this comes from. And and, Another, and it's justified. Don't ever mistake my defense of quote unquote the program as not recognizing that there are feelings out there that are valid and true. My frustration with their frustration is that some of the frustration isn't well thought. It's very temporal. It's not looking at the bigger picture. Well, and that is why uh, you do have to evaluate a body of work. Uh, generally speaking, you let a season play out, and then you, you remove yourself from the emotions of the moment, and then you sit back and you make these decisions. Doesn't always happen that way. And, and back to a point that you started to make earlier about where would they go, have somebody in place. Ask LSU how that worked out on the football side when they didn't have another option. And lo and behold, that's where they are. So how long have we talked here? Long enough. Long enough. Let's says move Tom. on. Let's move on, shall we? All right. I feel better. You feel better? I'm great. Good. We'll come back, talk to Tim Lenefelt, and we'll get riled up all over again with our Seminoles.com insider right after this. Back on the front row, Tom and Keith with you. KJ, we got uh, so into the uh, discussion last segment that we uh, failed to give a shout-out to Madison Social. Which is very unusual because we very rarely forget to eat. Th- this is true. And <laughs> and, and uh, I did see that uh, tonight, matter of fact, uh, from 6 to 8 this evening. So right now, until we uh, finish up, there's a little celebrity bartending fundraising challenge going on at Madison Social between the Capital Area Gator Club and the uh, Tallahassee Seminole Club. Ooh. And um, it's a couple of legislators representing the orange and blue, but for FSU, it's uh, 97.9's very own Ernie Sims, who's there along with Nick Maddox. Simply Sims. Simply Sims, yes. I don't know if you call him Simply Sims or not when you're asking for a cocktail I tonight, but he will Mr. be there. Mr. Sims. Mr. Yes, exactly. Mr. And th- that cocktail is liable to have a lot of healthy, nutritious things in it, too. To, it might to, be a juice. It might be a juice of some sort, yeah. But anyway, that's going on at Madison Social tonight. Trivia night is uh, every Tuesday. And, uh, well, there's, there's a bucket list challenge going on as well, which we don't have time to get into. But uh, they're at it again at Madison Social. We ask that you uh, go pay them a visit. Does Matt ever run out of ideas? He does not. He does not. Good for him. Speaking of ideas, I have a, an idea that we should welcome in our Seminoles.com insider right now, Tim Linnefeld. Has he been is, waiting? He's been waiting during our uh, interesting But banter. probably not patiently. Tim, how are you? Um, so certainly Ernie Sims and Nick Maddox would have to crush that, right? I would think. I would I think mean, that if you're drawing up teams that you would definitely go with uh, those two. Yeah, yeah. Well, and given, you know, you have to think there's some, some degree of home field advantage here as well. I, I, don't, I don't know. But I, when, you, when you said that, I was like, well, if those guys can't get it done, then we got problems. Yeah, well, well, we'll have to ask for a report back from either Simply Sims or uh, from Maddox. Yes, and uh, we'll go from there. Hey, Tim, I, I want to first begin things here by offering a, a word of apology to you because um, in, in recent weeks I tried to pin Florida State's road woes uh, solely on the fact that you were with the team, but clearly we have seen that there's been other challenges that run deeper than your mere presence there. So my sincerest apologies to you as a starting point. 
Well, and to be quite honest with you, Tom, I think I was kind of starting to believe it myself, uh, and then really sort of questioning, uh, you know, just just what it was that I that I brought to the table, and, and, and whether the the benefits outweighed the uh, the negatives. And at the time, it certainly seemed that they didn't. But uh, we we've seen in, in the last week that, that there's no more pin in this uh, on me. It, it, it's just uh, it's tough times right now. I don't know if there's any way around. And, Certainly going to get tougher uh, tomorrow night when Florida State goes to Duke. So where do we place that pin, so to speak, Tim? Where do we place the blame? Oh gosh. Well, uh, how much time you got? Oh, we've got a uh, we've got an hour, and we can negotiate more if need be. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there's just it's kind of a, a perfect storm of things. I do think, to at least some degree, you've seen the freshmen uh, Malik Beasley and Dwayne Bacon as, as good as they were for so much of the season. It seemed like they've kind of hit a wall uh, at, at certain times and. You know, Dwayne Bacon seemed to, to snap out of it against Virginia Tech, had that great first half, but, but you know, Malik's been kind of quiet lately. Uh, Dwayne went through a stretch uh, a week or so ago where he was having a really tough time on the offensive end. Uh, neither of them have been great defenders this season, um, so that's the place to start. To, to switch gears, uh, the Florida State defense, which, of course, has been Leonard Hamilton's calling card for really his entire career here, has just gone missing. Uh, and, and you know that he's pulling his hair out. You see him playing zone a lot, which which he hates to do. Uh, switching to man-to-man, but but whatever the case may be, as we saw against Virginia Tech uh, last week, that as for some reason you know guys are getting wide open on the perimeter, and if you know a Division One basketball player, if you leave him as wide open as some of those Virginia Tech shooters were, they're not going to miss. Uh, so that, that's just part of it. Uh, you know, I wonder at this point, you know, when you when you start losing games and going on a run like Florida State is currently on, you know, I, I think it's, you always at least wonder what the locker room is like, what the chemistry is like. You know, if guys are still enjoying playing the games, if they're still enjoying playing with each other, I think it's fair to, to at least wonder uh, when you're on a stretch like this. And so it just kind of, you know, man, when, you, when you're losing, things snowball really quickly. I, we started our first segment, uh, Keith and I, discussing what's a reasonable expectation for Florida State in terms of what they should do year in, year out. But uh, we sort of digressed, and I don't know that we never settled anywhere. I don't think we Keith. arrived at we, that. We, we did not arrive at that, so... Uh, you know, to try and simplify it, and I think this is the, the measuring stick people use from an NCAA tournament standpoint. What's what's reasonable in your mind for what Florida State should do? I, I don't know, out of a ten year period or however you want. Yeah, to. I, you just it's in term, measure in terms of the tournaments. I mean, can, can you get? Gosh, I don't know, three out of every five years, two out of every five years, you know, six out of ten, that sort of thing. I, I don't think that's crazy. Not uh, at all. So you know, and and that's that's kind of you know where it is, and and you know what I think the biggest you know element of frustration. For folks, and I don't blame anybody for being frustrated. You know, I, I've, I've, every once in a while after a loss, you know, I'll have somebody you know come come at me on Twitter or whatever, and, and, and you know express their grievances, and then you know, uh, and sometimes not so eloquently, and then a few minutes later, say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm frustrated. Oh, yeah, you're allowed to be frustrated. You know, I, I understand, I understand that, and, and and certainly, I don't think anybody at FSU would would say that what's happened with the basketball program over the last two weeks is either pleasant or acceptable. But you know, it's kind of what you're in right now, but. Uh, I think the biggest thing is if you look at, you know, four years ago when Florida State won the ACC or, or the year before that when they went to the Sweet 16, you heard guys talk about changing the culture and raising the standard. And, then, you know, once you raise the standard, you can't go back. We heard that a lot. Uh, and now four years later, if, if you're a Florida State basketball fan and you look at it, it the last four years it brought it, said, well, we're right back where we were. <laughs> we did go back. And, and I think that's that's almost more frustrating than if that run of success had never even happened because you know you can get there. And yet, for some reason, you weren't able to build on it well, really at all. Tim, something that I'm, I brought up with, with Keith that, that corresponds in that four-year period is that the ACC expanded by four, and FSU, save for, I think, one win against Pitt, is basically over against Louisville, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and Pitt. So uh, in some respects, and I, and I do think that Florida State didn't capitalize as much as they should, but in some respect, four better programs came into the league since FSU won the ACC. Well, I, I agree completely, I, and, you're, and you're right about that. I think they beat Notre Dame at home once when Notre Dame wasn't great, but that's you know, whatever. No, you're right, and, and look, man, that's, you know, as, as great as that was for, for football, and you know, if you're a football fan, you're like, oh, man, that's, that's going to be really fun and exciting, man. If you're a basketball coach, I mean, you're adding, you know, the, potentially the, yeah, in another conference, that would be you know, the four best teams in any given conference, potentially. Uh, so, no, that, that's not easy. Um, and, but, but, look, I don't it, – it, it, it's – like that's true, and just just because it is true, doesn't mean that the Florida State hasn't held up a it's into the bargain, you know, somewhere on the line too. You know what I mean? Um, I, you know, I think if if you look, if it's not losing to Louisville and Notre Dame 
that, that has people upset. It's losing to Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, and, and you know that that Georgia Tech game, well, especially where the first half people you know it was like they were sleepwalking. I think that's where the the angst comes from. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right about that. And uh, you know, going back to the the number of teams or the number of times FSU should make the tournament. I mean, there's 15 teams in the league, and the ACC. I don't know. Are we going to say they're going to average seven teams a year over the course of a 10-year period? For sake yeah. of this conversation, let's say seven. Sure. Well, Duke, Carolina, Syracuse, Louisville are going to be four of those seven, and Notre Dame or Pitt is going to be number five. Mm-hmm. Probably 95%, 90% of the time. So that means, in reality, you're Florida State, you take those five or six out of the equation, and you're really battling the eight other schools in the ACC for one or two spots for, for one, two, maybe three spots on an annual basis. I mean, and that may be a little bit simplistic of a way to look at it, but I, I think that's what it comes down to. I agree. But I also think, it, you know, if you're a Florida State fan, you, you listen to that and you say, yeah, we want to be in that mix and we want to be in, in, in one of those spots more often than not. And I think that's a reasonable expectation. Look, it's going to take a, a, a sweeping change of mindset and a, and a sweeping change of kind of what you want to be for Florida State to ever be consistently in the upper echelon with Duke and North Carolina and, and all those schools. And I know they had that great run a few years back where they, you know, they had the, you know, the third most wins in the ACC except for those schools. But just when it comes to you know commitment and, and just overall want to, I guess, uh, you know, those those schools want to be great in basketball. I think Florida State does too, but. It's hard to be good, really good in football and basketball. There's there's a lot of football powers out there that have have basketball programs that that aren't up to that same standard, and so it kind of depends. You know, do you want to be a great, great basketball team? Because that takes a lot, and and so it's probably going to take more than what you have right now in terms of you know investment in the program. And I, and look, I know that there's been great uh, upgrades to the Civic Center and all that kind of stuff, but those are relatively recent, uh, and, and you could argue maybe that we haven't really seen the full effects of that. So. You know, if that's the case, maybe you want to stay a little bit more patient. I, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of questions and not a lot of easy answers. I think. We well, let's uh, let's bring it back to the, to the present. What needs to happen now? I, I'm a firm believer, and, and I actually uh, had a quiet conversation with the announcers that did the game at uh, Virginia Tech uh, in Bonner and and uh, Wes, uh, where I personally thought Leonard would shake up the starting lineup. I think that's the first thing that needs to happen, and I think that needs to happen tomorrow night. What do you think? I think it definitely could. I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed at all to seeing Terrence Mann uh, in the starting lineup. I think Devin Booker as well as he's played off the bench for the Virginia Tech game, notwithstanding, uh, as a senior who, who I think is, is maybe the one guy on that team that, that everybody seems to really rally around, uh, You know, putting him in there, even if it's just symbolic. I know he plays starters minutes. Even if it's just symbolic, uh, might be a, a good thing. But but really, man, I just they they just got to play better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I don't know that the lineup is necessarily it, but like, well, I, I will tell you. I will tell you from a football perspective. When you announce that the lineup is being changed, and of course, football has a whole week for that to, to transpire. The coach is sending a very clear message that the players understand. Uh, it's it's not hard to figure out what coach is thinking when he benches someone and he elevates someone. Sure, sure, and and, and you know maybe that could be uh, maybe that could be the case. I, I you almost wonder. You know, something like that could have or, or would have made a difference, you know, before the Georgia Tech game or something like that. Not to say that, look, you know, these, these last three games are significant. And for, if Florida State finds a way to win, you know, two or three of them, that it totally changes the complexion of your season. So I'm not saying that uh, that, that that you shouldn't try. But at the same time, if, if a significant difference could be made, you, you kind of wish that, that it would have been made before now, don't you? I, I, I do, but... The next game is your next opportunity. The Indeed. other thing I yeah, do, right. the other thing it would do, and, and it's been my soapbox for at least this show, it'd send a message to X that whatever X is or isn't doing that he may have been or not been doing earlier in the year, uh, he needs to get back to doing whatever he was doing earlier as opposed to what he's doing now. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, I think that applies to to a lot of guys. And, and, you know, for as much as we've heard Leonard Hamilton talk about the, how much he has to rely on freshmen, and they do have to rely on freshmen, well, well part of the reason – that you have to rely on those freshmen is that your your veterans haven't been your best players for for large portions of the season. Look, Devin Booker's had a really nice year, but otherwise, you know, you're having to rely on players who this is their first March to March, so to speak. This is their first time playing in late February and feeling those tired legs and and, and you know all going through all the experiences that you get as a first year player. And you know, Florida State does have experienced players on the team, but but they're having to rely on freshmen, and that you know, as good as those guys are, that can be a problem. No question. 
So I'll go back to where we started. Tim, you're going to, to uh, Duke, is that correct? I am. I'm giving am. you a free pass on this one. Uh, I appreciate it. Unless FSU pulls the upset, in which case we will give you full and proper credit. <laughs> I suppose that's always fair. Yeah, it would be fair. Have you seen a game at uh, Cameron Indoor? I haven't. I've been to Cameron Indoor, but I've, I was never. I've not been there for a game. Well, enjoy the experience. I hear and, that. And do me a favor. Here's here's something you should do. Keith will never know because he's not on social media. Periscope him trying to walk up the catwalk to where the radio booth is because I think that might be highly entertaining internet, particularly video. Video. Uh, yeah, well, that, or is that what you said? I said periscope, and is that, that, what that would means? involve video. Yes. Oh, I thought it had to do with submarine. I love it when you know. I love it when you make the case for me. Thank you. I've uh, I've been told that once I get to my seat, to not get up until the game's over, no matter what happens. Because if I do, there will be a Duke student sitting in when I get back. So. I've had to look forward to. You know, the whistles tend to go Duke's ways uh, there. I, I just thought I'd share that with you if you weren't aware. Really? Yeah. I don't, is a, is, I, is this is crazy. You know, that... you know, Duke makes more free throws than its opponents attempt. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Huh. Is this, is this a new trend, or, or is that something that's been going on? Yeah, it's it's new uh, to, uh, it, to basketball. In the history of the world, it's relatively new, but uh, in the history <laughs> of FSU and the ACC, no, it's it's uh, pretty much been there. Well, I'll be sure to keep an eye out for it. All right, Tim. Safe travels to you. All right, thanks, Tom. Tim Linnefeld, our com insider, and uh, good conversation. I think he feels better, too. We all feel better, see? If you, you just get it talk off about chest. it, just, just talk about it. Chest. you got to let it out. Exactly. All right, we still have uh, Sue Semrau joining us, and that'll be a happier conversation, even though her team is in a, a bit of a skid right now. They've had a pretty good year and are headed back to the NCAA year. tournament. Yep. She's coming up shortly, but uh, you and I will continue to react to this ongoing conversation about FSU basketball right after this on the front row. This portion of the program brought your way by the Flying Bear Great American Grill, a family-owned and operated restaurant located in Tallahassee's north side of town, uptown, left side of Thomasville Road if you're heading out of town. I uh, just passed Walmart. I hate that we use Walmart as a landmark, but uh, I just did it. Anyway, well, Walmart a, is located next to the Flying Bear. There, That would be a better way to say it. Thank you very much. Uh, go on out there uh, Sunday to Thursday, 11 to 9, Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. We uh, have discussed basketball, basketball, and more basketball on the men's side. We'll do so on the women's side coming up in our next segment. There anything else you need to get off your chest, uh, Keith? Because well, I, I'll just be excited to, to hear the official word of the extension. Uh, rumored to be out there, almost kind of confirmed as many stories as is out there. I'll just let's put that to bed and let's move on. Well, let's just add that uh, because you're traveling to Durham, uh, we're taping the show, so that word may come down uh, at some point, but we'll see. We'll see. All right, baseball, phenomenal. Did you go to baseball this weekend? I did not go, but I, I did listen. Uh, I yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't read too much into what the scores were although certainly they were impressive store scores and and uh, some of the arms looked pretty good thing I, I was going to ask you about beer though is what i was going to ask you about but if you if you want to actually talk about there. the on-field product i wasn't there i don't know uh but i have no problem with the beer and if and when i go i will probably partake of a beer or two you know the sixth inning on sunday lasted about six hours so i mean they, they were able to sell it for a long time because fsu just kept batting around and batting around and batting around that's all I've got. You can only buy three, though, Tom. Well, and, and truth be told, I gave up beer for Lent, so I didn't buy any for myself. So there you have it. But uh, anyway, there were, they, they sold a lot. I don't, you know, the paper had the article. I uh, had the numbers in it. I don't recall the numbers. But well, I, I, I was kind of on the road and not in town, you know, a little bit on the weekend. Like that's an excuse. There you go. But right. the biggest thing that jumped out at me, and I always get excited about this because, you know, having been in Tallahassee, uh, coming up here in 77, going to school, never leaving. I just get I get thrilled when I see local product do well at Florida State. And you had a couple of outstanding efforts by local kids over the weekend. Yeah, and the baseball team has, has typically had uh, one or two, you know, local stars that everybody around here has seen them come up all through the leagues. And, and that's what we've got, you know, right now with, uh, with another couple. So it'll be fun to see how the, the baseball team develops. What was uh, atypical – and obviously, we had uh, the storms or the storm warnings for last night. But this past weekend, I mean, it was high seventies into the eighties, and uh, people flocked out for opening weekend. I mean, I used to announce those games, and some of those February games. The first year I started doing it was before they condensed the baseball schedule, right. so it was actually like the first weekend in February. Maybe sometimes, depending on how the calendar fell, like January thirty first. 
Uh, I think they played Tennessee one year, and there were like almost snow flurries or something like well, that. But you get gray, overcast, dreary. They start the games at four, so it's a little bit warmer. This weekend, it didn't matter. I mean, you had gorgeous weather. Well, your name came up in, uh, in, in Blacksburg because we're pulling in the castle for the basketball game, and Deckerhoff looks at me and goes, you remember we did the game up here during Easter, and it snowed? And I said, Gene, that wasn't me. It was Tom. Oh, yeah, that was TB. <laughs> So, yeah, I know about the before condensed seasons as well. Well, and uh, the baseball games at Virginia Tech, as Lulu can attest, depending on whether there's a TV broadcast or not, sometimes the radio guy is uh, outside, and the way the wind blows, it blows, and it gets a little chilly there. Uh, but anyway, baseball season underway. I wanted to mention this real quick. I, don't, I, I have not talked to anybody about this, but I saw the reports last week that uh, Rick Catlett, who runs the uh, – what is it? It's not the Gator Bowl anymore, is it? What's the bowl game in Jet? Taxslayer.com bowl. Uh, maybe the bowl game in Jacksonville. I, maybe it's still the Gator Bowl Association for over the course of the year. But they've been trying to get FSU to play a neutral site game there. And there was talk about Auburn for a while in 2018. Uh, Rick Catlett all but said that FSU is going to open 2019 there. Uh, but no opponent was mentioned. So I started thinking about it. And when you look at the 2019 season, FSU has Boise State at home that year. So their non-conference already includes Boise State and Florida, which to me would say they're not necessarily going to be interested in going to get Oklahoma. or They were they were trying hard to get West Virginia, ironically, even though West Virginia had backed out of a contract. Move a conference game. Well, and so then you have that report from Jacksonville. You also have the report that FSU got permission to move. Move a conference game. Move a game. conference game. This is where I'm going with this. So if you look at the schedule in 2019, it's going to be the same home schedule as what Florida State had this past year. Uh, so you have Louisville. NC State, Syracuse, Miami. They're not going to move the Miami home game. All right, so that leaves Louisville, Syracuse, and NC State. Louisville is more of a draw. They're not going to move that game. NC State. That leaves NC State and Syracuse. And I looked at the schedules, and NC State plays East Carolina opening weekend 2019. And that game is a big deal there and probably tougher to move than Syracuse has like Holy Cross. So I'm going a long way to say that I – I'm deducing that it'll be the Syracuse FSU game in Jacksonville. And the other point about it is it's Monday night Labor Day, which is an ACC TV window. And a lot of years, the ACC has given ACC school against a non-ACC school, which gives somebody else that Monday night window. So if you keep it, keep it in the family, keep it in the family, you get the double benefit there for the ACC. Syracuse isn't going to bring any fans to Tallahassee anyway. So it makes sense to me that that would be the game that they potentially move. And there you go. I have no I'd idea. Still, I have I not run that out. by anybody. That's just complete. I would still hold out for NC State because I think NC State would bring some people, and I think they'd make the Gator, and, uh, the Jacksonville atmosphere that much better. But yeah, and, what do I know? Well, and there's potential. That is all uh, – that has not what been is that, five hours corroborated hours? or verified by anybody. That's pure uh, – According the to schedules. reports released by Mr. Tom Block. Yeah, it's according to sleuthing is all that is. All right, we'll come back and uh, bounce back to basketball right after this here on the front row. Welcome back to the front row. Tom and Keith back with you, and we'll bounce back to basketball now. Talk on the women's side with uh, veteran head coach Sue Semrau, who's kind enough to join us right now. They are uh, in the midst of a, another very, very good season, are the Seminoles. Uh, tough stretch right now, though, as uh, Sue's getting ready to hit the road as well. Coach, how are you? Doing great, Tom. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Thanks for thanks for coming back on. You know, Keith travels with the men's team, and I, I've traveled with teams over the years, and uh, I'm just curious how mentally exhausting this is for you as a head coach at this point when, you know, every three days, it, regardless of whether it was a win or loss, you, you literally have to turn the page. And, Do you forget and what gr- you take in your coffee and, when you and get And grind it in again. I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't know that outside people have the idea of what that's like when you guys get into January and February and March. Well, you know, the politically correct answer is, oh, no, it's great. I absolutely love it. Nothing better. Uh, but the truth is that, yes, it's extremely um, – uh, grinding and exhausting um but at the same time it when you love what you do uh, you can it doesn't matter what the grind's like when you love the people that you're with uh it makes it all the easier and i have a tremendous support staff and a, and a really fun group of players this year so um I enjoy the time that we we spend together, whether it be at home or on the road. So your time here at Florida State, if you will take take us back to your first couple of years, and and while you wanted and you maybe fantasized about, were you really sure 
that there'd come a time there'd be 6,000 people in the Tucker Center. You'd be playing the number two team in the country, and you'd be toe-to-toe with them. You know, I did believe that. Uh, you know, I had a, a great mentor in Coach Bobby Bout. And when when he came uh, into the room on my interview and Dave Hart left the room, you know, he really infused a confidence in me about what could be done here at Florida State based on the fact that what he was able to do. I mean, and he was very clear with me that he was going to be with me every step of the way. And, and he certainly was and gave me a lot of confidence uh, that what we wanted to be to do could be done here, uh, much the same way that he was able to build a football program from the ground up. And so we're really, really proud of that. And at the same time, we had a lot of help with from a lot of great people uh, to get to the point where we were. And now the vision is to, to have that kind of uh, crowd doubled, but uh, win the game. And that's what, what we intend to do in the future. And how gratifying is it that you're on that upward slope? Well, you know, it certainly is very gratifying because of the many people that have worked extremely hard to pave the way. And you know, I look at uh, the fact we had alumni weekend last weekend and, and we had over – uh, 35 alums come back and just celebrate. And we celebrated uh, everything that they had done and who they are and uh, who they've become. Uh, it's it's so much more than basketball, but it's fun to see the rewards, uh, you know, of being a top 10 team and, and a program that's uh, very well established. And, and so many people have put so much time and effort into it. Coach, I, I want to. I don't want to look too far in the rearview mirror because, to my earlier question, you have to turn the page immediately. But that game the other night, and I was there. It seemed like if you make a few more free throws along the way and maybe uh, defend, or they don't make one or two threes, then you've got a one possession game at the end. But uh, as you look back at the tape, uh, you know where what what went wrong, what went right for you against Notre Dame in that game. It was one of those games I felt like where they hit big shots and we missed big shots, and that that comes with. Um, you know, having been in that environment and culture time after time, you know, our, our big dogs, um, you know, missed some shots. We didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, and we've got to get to the point where that's what we do. Uh, you know, our top three scorers um, did not have their best shooting nights. And, and we've got to be able to do that. We took great care of the ball. We positive assist turnover. We beat them in every single category uh, with the exception of we lost by two on the boards and, um, and, that second quarter was just tough when they uh, shot the three so well. Shakela Thomas, and I know she struggled the other night, but uh, if folks haven't seen her play, uh, she's incredibly athletic. And I, I didn't ask you about this, and I don't have 100% confirmation, but I swear one of the games of yours that I called earlier this year, uh, and, and she she didn't get a smile from you when she did it, but I swear she tried to dunk in the game. <laughs> so she I, did. Yeah, yeah. She I, did. I, I knew she was trying that, and then I saw the look on your face, and even though the game was in hand, uh, in your, if you're the coach, the game's never in hand. But I, I, just talk about her <laughs> athleticism, and has she dunked at practice? You know, uh, it's not something that, that we ever practice. It, it's something that she can do when she's messing around after practice. I've seen her dunk. I've seen her dunk on several occasions. Uh, you know, especially at five foot eleven. I mean, if you think about that, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and if if she were to get a, a breakaway and the game were in hand, I'm I'm fine with her attempting that. Uh, at the time, you know, I didn't quite know it was coming, and uh, certainly though, I think the crowd would have really enjoyed that. And that's part of what basketball is about: is you know the the excitement and the joy in the fans. So uh, I think it's important that. We let those kinds of things go. Even though disappointed in the in the Notre Dame contest, maybe learn some things and grow from it. But well, the great thing about basketball, Sue, is is there's usually another game. You've got another one coming up, and and all the goals still in still in place. Everything attainable. You just have to work them. Yeah, absolutely. It's you know it's not like football where you lose a game and the national championship hopes are are pretty much gone. Uh, you know, in basketball, you can get hot at any time and. Uh, certainly, we knew it was going to be a tough stretch coming up. Um, I think we're much more disappointed in uh, our performance um, up at Syracuse, and um, much more. I can I can live with a loss uh, if I feel like we've we've performed well and we've had a lot of fight and we just missed shots, and that wasn't the case up there. Uh, but that was the case against Notre Dame. So 
you know, you know that you're going to get another shot at them uh, probably in the ACC tournament. So, but we now have to continue to have that same kind of, of fight and toughness as we go into a really difficult place to play at NC State. They're not playing in their own arena right now. It's getting renovated. So we'll be playing in a gym where uh, we won't get a chance to get in and shoot around before game time. It's a high school gym. It's going to be a, um, one of those environments that um, is very loud because it's small and uh, you know we're going to have to go up there and uh, and really have a lot of fight in order to to compete in that game. And, and unlike the men who don't have this opportunity, depending on how well you fare and where you end up as a seed, that that home environment can be yours for a couple of games, even in the, in the tournament. Maybe maybe some of our fans don't, aren't aware of that, but the the women's side is such that you can have that home field advantage depending on your seed. Correct? Yeah, absolutely, and. You know, so this game at NC State will be huge uh, for us in that, but then all equally as big uh, in that opportunity to host, if you're one of the top four seeds, is uh, to, to have a huge crowd and to get a, a big win against your rival uh, at home on Sunday. Uh, we play Miami on Sunday. Uh, they are right below us in the standings, and uh, it will be an absolutely huge game and a uh, big-time environment uh, with a win could uh, – put us over the edge as far as uh, the NCAA committee saying this team is worthy of hosting. They get a ton of fans and and they uh, put on a great show. That game is uh, three o'clock Sunday, right? Three o'clock Sunday. You got it. Three o'clock Sunday, come out to the Tucker center coach. You mentioned Bobby Bowden and Keith and I earlier in the show had talked about him. uh, Maybe it was off air Keith, but kind of being the closer and uh, uh, you know, it sounded like he, he helped close the deal for you if that was your interview process. But I I happen to know (laughs) that you're also a, uh, um, I don't know if disciples the right word, but uh, an admirer of John Wooden and his philosophies. And I'm curious what, what you take away or t- have taken away from, from Wooden over the years and what parallels they may be with he and, and what you've uh, yeah. learned from Coach Bowden. Well, and I would definitely say a disciple. I think that's uh, – <laughs> if you're not, then, um, you know, if you're a follower, I, I think you are a disciple of, of, of Coach. But um, I think, you know, it was really my goal was – in the final years of of coach Wooden's life was to be able to uh, get him and Bobby in the same room. And, um, you know, coach Wooden couldn't travel uh, at the end of his life. So, um, you know, it it was important to me that, that they connected because they were so um, much, they had so much in common. It's about the character by which uh, you live and the character by which you teach and the character by which these, um, young men and women play and a lot of people it's it's about um being the best skilled the best athlete the the best basketball player i i think both of them stress the best person then can become the best player and i i truly believe that and i've seen that over the years well said coach uh i know it's been a, a fun ride uh for i i I say it every time. I can't believe it's been as long as it's been. I won't mention how many years it's been now. We'll just leave it at that. But uh, that sounds great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but in particular, these last couple of years, uh, you know, you were so close to the the final four a year ago, and, and you've got a team that's going to be positioned potentially to be right back there again, depending on how you close out. So good luck against NC State tomorrow night, and uh, with that that home finale against Miami. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you having me on. All right, Coach Sue Semrau, uh, always personable, and uh, I, I feel like I have to. The media guy should have an asterisk. This is this is sort of similar to the conversation we were having about Leonard, and no disrespect to Steve, but how much the pro, how much room there was for growth when he arrived. Uh, it was twice that when Sue arrived no on the women's question. side. I mean, that that's what she walked into in the mid '90s. So, uh, and now they they go to the. I mean, they're a perennial top thirty-two because I think every time they've made the tournament, they win the first round game, and really they're perennial top 15 at this point no question i mean they lost to notre dame and i think they dropped one maybe two in the poll i think they're sitting at at number 12 right now uh you know coach sue what she's been able to accomplish and and as importantly the way that she has done it over her tenure at florida state uh i you and i both have had the opportunity to know most of the coaches you know obviously the the football basketball baseball but we've had opportunities to meet the the um, uh, other coaches and 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 she is always has been one of my favorites in fact I'm gonna even add to it uh, coach Bowden closed me when me and my mom and my dad were sitting in his office and uh, he closed the uh, Sue as well and so I'm gonna add that to the list of things that coach Sue and I have in common how about that <laughs> how long is that list like one thing now shut up 
All right, we'll come back and wrap up on this week's edition of The Front Row right after this. Folks, get set for the most scintillating 75 seconds you have ever heard. How would you like to spend it, Keith? Now we're down to 70. Now we're down to 70. Good point. I, I feel I do feel better. Good conversation here about basketball. You're getting ready to get on the road normally, to go to Durham. Normally, after filling this well after an hour, you have to write a check for like $210 or something, whatever the going rate is, right? And is it that expensive? I To a masseuse, are you just... I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify since you just threw that out there. I mean, who are we? Paying? Well, if you're writing a check, a it ain't where you're going. If you're writing a check, it's not where you were headed. <laughs> Here's where I'm headed. I, you know, I feel better about the conversation we just had. I'm still bitter about the year that FSU should have won at Durham, and they teed up Alexander Johnson and tossed him from the game. Well, are you still bitter? But I can't let that I, one I'm, go. I'm still. That bitter. was when Florida State was still on the climb up before they got to the tournament. But it was the first time ever in my opinion, the ACC showed that they had a little bit of a spine because what did they do to that entire basketball crew, the refereeing crew, the next week? you remember? They suspended them. They suspended them. And that was the first time I can remember them doing that in basketball, which meant you really messed up and and we're just not going to put up with it anymore. Did they change the result? They did not change the result. So you're still still bitter, disappointed, frustrated, and or fill in the blank. Another 15 years, I'll be you. (laughs) <laughs> All right. He's Keith. I'm Tom. That I told you it was going to be a great 75 seconds, folks. Uh, safe travels to Durham. We'll do this again next week. So long, everybody. The Jeff Cameron Show. Tom, I don't know. Look, this opening thing here may disgust you. Married men now do 42% of all housework, more than double the amount they did 30 years ago. Excuse me? Laundry is becoming one of the chores that they mind the least, Tom. Sandwich making is still very much the prerogative of a woman. Fix me something to eat. That's right, honey. Women still do most of the chores. Fix me something to eat. But men are sharing more of the load these days, buddy. Men report fewer laundry frustrations. I think that's accurate. I like to do laundry. My brother-in-law does, too. I like it. I'd rather do laundry than to scrub the tub. Fix me something to eat. So right after she does that, I say, get on that tub. I'll start the laundry. The only part of sandwich making I'll ever be involved in is... Sandwiches are good. It's bringing home the bread. Weekdays 3 to 6 on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Fix me something to eat. This is 97.9 ESPN Radio. WTSM, Woodville, Thomasville, Tallahassee.